Demons Discuss TV Show Review, Season 2, Episode 9. Welcome to Demons Discuss, the unofficial podcast about the All Souls universe and the topics that orbit it. We are your hosts, Angela Jean and Valerie. I am Valerie, and with me is Angela and Jean. Hello. 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 What are we talking about today, Angela? We're talking about Season 2, Episode 9. We get a mixed bag of things. The Book of Life comes up a little bit. Oh. We have, we have a visit to the Queen, which creates a distraction. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so much so. There's a lot of shit happening in this yeah. episode. You can tell. They're trying to, like, wrap this thing up. Yeah, wrap it up. Let's go. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Patreon right quick. This podcast is sponsored by our patrons. This show is ad-free because of them. There's no need for us to read copy badly and sell you things that we barely believe in. So thank you, patrons. Thanks for helping us through this. Thanks for helping us produce our podcast independently so you don't have to listen to ads and, you know, we can still pay for things. So that's good. Very good. Always good. Gene. Yes, ma'am. It is your turn to entice our other listeners. Why is Patreon a good idea for them. Patreon is a good idea because you get double your demons and double your fun. Joining at our coven level, which is $2 a month, that will get you our after show on the off weeks, which means you get twice the amount of demons and twice the amount of insanity, mostly. You will also get to be entered in our quarterly Demon Roulette, which features amazing prize packs based on Valerie's mood at any given time. So, But it's always fabulous. It is fabulous. And as you move up the levels, you get additional swag, including tote bags, pins, stickers, and whatever else we can come up with. And to add to all of this, you have access to our Patreon, not so much a group, but a message board. And Valerie is always really good about feeding our patrons updates and little sneak peeks and graphics and all kinds of fun stuff. So it's not just us putting our hand in your pocket and taking money out every month. You guys get something back in return. That's true. You get some outtakes, too. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was kind of hoping not to like emphasize, emphasize that. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's usually me saying something stupid. No. And, and, and Val, for not identifying with uh, being Catholic, you certainly have a fair amount of Catholic guilt when you want the patrons to get their money's worth. Oh, yes, yes. I do. I don't know. <laughs> is that residual, is that, that residual Catholic guilt they rubbed off on? Uh, years years yes. Ago? I know. I mean, it's like, oof. I did my confirmation and that was it. It was like done. And I was like, huh, I guess that part stuck with me, though. Yeah. <laughs> you can run away, but you can never get rid of the guilt. Uh, <laughs> ah, well. So if you guys are interested, you can join us by going to patreon.com slant discuss. And now it is time for us to highlight our random patron sponsor today. Let's do a Matthew Jump roll here. Yay! random patron sponsor today is Amy Sund. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Amy. All right, let's start the wagon. Let's get nope, to nope, getting. Nope. No disclaimer. Disclaimer. Oh, disclaimer. Thank you, Angela. We gotta do a disclaimer. Okay. Spoilers. There is a disclaimer. Let's start with that. Thanks, Angela, for reminding me. You're I did welcome. tell her to remind me, and you've been forgetting. <laughs> yes. And that's really sucky in the editing room, audience. I want you to know that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here's the disclaimer. In this episode, we will attempt to 
only talk about what is presented to us on screen. That is it. We're just talking about episode nine today. For those of you who haven't read the books and you don't want things spoiled because later on in the episode, we are going to compare to the two. Uh, we are going to warn you before we enter what we call the spoiler zone. Okay, so. Angela, elaborate on that a little more because you've been getting questions. I have. The spoiler zone includes all the TV episodes that that have already aired and we've discussed. So that'll be one through nine. Um, We might do comparisons with the TV episodes to the books. The spoiler zone definitely includes all of the books. So including the ending, including the book of life. Um, We have assumed that you've already read the trilogy or don't care to be spoiled. If it doesn't matter to you and you haven't read it, keep listening. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) We will not. They'll spoil any future TV episodes. No, we may talk about the previews that they present at the end of each episode. But beyond that, no, we're not going to give out the store. So we want you guys to experience that freshly like everybody else on the universe. Yeah, that's it. The spoiler zone is closing in. The whole thing is almost covered. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot. All right. So now I think we're ready to start the wagon, right? Yes, we are. I think so. All right, let's go. Let's start it. Let's get ready. Let's knock this thing out. Okay, episode nine. Now, we're in 1591 again, and Diana is studying the book again, trying to understand it. No luck. So she wraps it up, and she puts it in the floorboards. But it was kind of nice to get the actual book again. Yes. Yes, it was. Then we pan into Diana and Matthew talking about 1591, and how she can see them staying there. We're like, what? No! (laughs) Okay. And Matthew says, we don't belong in this time. Then they get into a discussion regarding the queen and Diana. Diana wants to know why she can't go with him to go see the queen. Matthew stresses that, yeah, that bitch is crazy sometimes, but that's not actually what he said. He called her unpredictable and vengeful. He's like, mm-hmm. come on, learn more about your magic so we can go home. I'll even take you to see Cody Alsup. We gotta go, all right? Yeah, and she gets all ticked off and then he's finally he finally just says, you know what? You just showing up will make matters worse. You're not going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's bad. Mm-mm. No, it's like waving red in front of a bull. Yeah. Mm-mm. I don't understand why everything has to hinge on Matthew. I mean, couldn't Pierre take Diana to which school? Well, he offered it this time. I'll even escort you to Goody Allsup. So it's like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> well, it's kind of an olive branch. Yeah, we find out later in this episode why she needs escorting. Jesus. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to say and even before this, you know, how they do the recaps. I mean, the whole recap leading into episode nine is like the hot mess greatest hits yeah. for both of them. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, they're steering us in a certain direction right out of the gate, even with their recap. Yeah, and I'm trepidatious either way. Where are we going? Matthew escorts Diana to Goody's. Susanna greets them and says Goody has been unwell and probably won't last the winter. We're like, whoa, what happened? Well, there's a big change around, too, because Susanna says, we've missed you. I'm like, whoa, where did this Susanna come from? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Okay. So let's listen into this clip. I mean, Susanna's got a bunch to report here. Goody. I told you I'd come back. Oh. Perhaps you are the tonic I require. Much has happened for us since you've been away. 
Agnes Sampson was tortured, and Scotland is aflame with witch hunts. The persecutions are spreading south like wildfire. We are the last of the weavers now. I'll see what I can do to quell any anxiety at Whitehall. Master Royden, your countenance has changed since we last met. The dark clouds that circled you have lifted somewhat. Kind of you to say. But there is something else. think goodies examining diana and all of a sudden she's like hovering over her belly and then diana goes i'm pregnant i'm like oh so you knew this all along though <laughs> you know yeah, that's what i mean it was that like, like the the pregnancy uh, bad burrito dream she had at the end of the last episode i was i don't know i was thinking this is why matthew picked up that she was sick yeah i don't know if it was the book or the baby or what was going on there hmm. well and then the, the other thing that comes up is that there's only two weavers now and the agnes sampson is dead so it's kind of like well is that why she had the bad dream yeah i mean there's so much let's just for the spoiler zone too okay bad dream mark down oh yeah she's pregnant so it's a perfect spot for the theme music here we're going into it and then we start panning into Diana and Matthew. They're talking by the fire. Diana seems blissful. And Matthew, of course, is freaked the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Matthew says, we got to go soon. Diana's wondering, what about Jack? Matthew's like, yeah, it sucks, but we have to leave him here. And Diana says, she's got to learn the rest of the knots. So they can't just leave just yet. She's got more knots to learn. Matthew tells her, look, I'll meet up with the queen and go buy you some time. All right. And so that ends that. He's meeting with the queen she's got to learn more knots okay we have our marching orders that's fine all right we're back at goodies goodies assuring her that she's not dead yet and Susanna goes to fetch the others then we flash back really quickly back to Matthew Matthew's headed to see the queen and gets intercepted by Kit Kit thought Matthew had gone forever and he wants to know if he's free of the witch and boy, that was the wrong thing to say to Matthew, yeah. huh? Jeez. Yeah. Well, man, it was like Matthew was kicking a puppy. I, I mean, he was, he was like rather overreactive there. Yeah. <laughs> I thought part of Kit was kind of like testing, hey, is this the old Matthew or what's oh, going yeah, on? yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> you know, I was like, yeah. are you free of the witch? And the old Matthew would have said, what witch? What are you, what? Right. You know, yeah. I, you know I hate witches. Yeah. <laughs> then we would have been like, all right, cool. We're back to normal. Yeah. yeah. But I... I mean, that yeah. was just part of me saying that or... And then he's like, oh, no, that's still the same, Matthew. Yeah, it's still the same guy. <laughs> shit. All right. Matthew's pissed and he's like, yeah, oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> We're still dealing with this guy. Like I said, he was really over the top. I do agree with that. When he gets blood ragey, though, his face like wrinkles up in spaces I never saw wrinkled up. Oh, I know. It looks and like... it's very veiny. And drooly. Yeah, drooly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, weird. I wonder if they put some kind of substance in between his lips so when he opens his mouth, he just see like little... <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering that last night when I was rewatching it. I don't know. I did notice 
that when Philippe was holding him down in the previews and he's like, this is what we call blood rage. And that same thing happened with, I don't know, the strands of whatever it is. (laughs) Your overactive salivary glands. I don't know why I thought that. I was like, what is that? Some kind of gel? What? (laughs) And I'm just thinking, I was like, man, he's like really leaning into playing this as feral. Yeah. And animalistic. It's almost more like he's acting more berserker than anything else. Oh, God. Yeah. But I guess it's kind of what I pictured Blood Rage as. Just like, who are you? Rabid, almost. That's a good word. Yeah. An excellent word. Okay, so now we're back at goodies. The coven has gathered, and Diana's about to do some knot spells. The thread appears. Goody's happy with Diana's progress, oh, and Diana's oh, just like flowing through them. She gets past four. I felt like we needed like an upbeat 80s medley to go with, I know. with the knot's greatest hits or, or something from <laughs> Stevie Nicks. I know, she's just kind of like. like La-di-da. I got not Seven four. Wonders would have worked. That's the one I'm thinking of. And that's good. Because she gets past not four, not five, and not six. And at seven, whoosh, that's when we get Cora. What did you guys think of Cora? I'm just going to sit here and listen. <laughs> oh, I'll throw myself under the bus first. It's like Cora was like a phoenix. Yeah, she reminded me she of a like phoenix. She was like a scaly-faced phoenix. Yes. She wasn't Cora. <laughs> She wasn't dragony enough. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't have any initial reaction that I didn't like her. I just didn't like what should I call you? And she's like Cora. <laughs> it was like Cora. Yeah. It's <laughs> like oh, uh, I, if I didn't know that was Cora, I'd be like, what? Can you say that again, please? <laughs> Speak into the microphone. I can't hear you. Weird beast that looks like a phoenix. I can't hear you. <laughs> Do I call you? Your familiar will return when she is needed. For now, you must focus on the knots. It's fine. I'm not putting down the special effects crew audience. I'm just saying it didn't look like a dragon to me or anything resembling a fire drake. It looked like a phoenix or some kind of bird. It was definitely an Mm -hmm. eagle's head. Firebird. That speaks English. (laughs) That speaks English. It says, but we got the tree again. We got the rowan tree again. We did get the tree. Upset about that. Yes. Mind you, this is criticism. Slight criticism. That's it. It's okay. Mm -hmm. Critique. Critique. Yes. Mm. It's a critique. It's a critique. What's the difference again? Remind me, Jane. Criticism is I don't like something. Uh Critique is this is why I have a problem with it. Okay. So mine was a little of both. Okay. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's fine. It's fine. Meanwhile, Matthew meets Burley in the hallway and I think he's such a dick. He's such a dick. Elaborate on that, Gene. Go ahead. Let it loose. Lord Burley? Yeah. Oh, he's like, oh, yeah, Queen's pissed at you. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> Good luck with her. Good luck with her and her tooth- toothache. Right. <laughs> She's got a crippling toothache. <laughs> Shithead. We're going to listen in here, you know, because uh, a lot of our opinions are popping up. So we'll let you guys decide. I'll put in a clip. Yeah. I wanted Kelly. Kelly is a charlatan. But Emperor Rudolph will not part with him. Falsehoods and lies ooze from your mouth like drool from a dog. The Emperor's odious ambassador informed me that you preferred to liberate a book. 
of oil. Your Majesty. It is the book I spoke of, Your Majesty. The book of greatness to all creatures. But not to me. I beg forgiveness, Your Majesty. You are a changed man, Shadow. I tire of your false deference. You will hand over the book forthwith so I may return it to the ambassador. I'm sorry. It was stolen en route from Bohemia. Is that so? Lord Burley, you will oversee an immediate search of Master Royden's home. It would be my pleasure, Your Majesty. I will gladly come. You will remain here until he returns. Should you be caught in a lie, your punishment shall be grave indeed. Flee. And I will treat your wife like the witch that she is. This has nothing to do. One more word. And your severed head will adorn the palace gates. Burley is instructed to go off and search for the book. And this is the queen. Matthew is to remain there until he returns. Burley heads off and the queen threatens Matthew with all sorts of shit. If he flees, she'll treat Diana like the witch that she is. And his severed head will adorn the palace gates. Oh, okay. Yeah, she ain't playing. Oh, okay. She ain't playing. <laughs> nope, nope. So now Burley and the search crew uh, head to the Heart and Crown. They're ready to tear apart the house and take every book they find. I mean, they're just, his whole goon squad is just walking yeah. down the streets and just, well, they have a mission. So they're off they go. Flash to Diana and she's headed home from goodies. And here, folks, is what I was talking about is why she needs escorts. Kit grabs her out of the blue and said Matthew was in grave danger. It's not a lie, though. No. He's just using circumstances to his advantage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Grave danger. What did he say the danger was? It's like the Queen's got him. Matthew's out at Whitehall with the Queen and he's something along the lines of basically he's in a deep pile of shit. Yeah. All of which was true. Yeah, it's true. Which Kit kind of, and Kit, to be honest, Kit surmised it because he was watching from the tavern and saw Burley and his men show up at the Heart and Crown. Yeah, he's like, oh shit, now's my time to pounce. Let's get this bitch out of here. Anyway, at the Heart and Crown... Pierre, Francoise, and Jack are getting shit from the goon squad. And <laughs> Francoise is standing her, her ground here. She's like, uh, yeah, fuckers. You know, they're, they're just like confronting right. them. And flashback to the palace. Meanwhile, Matthew and Walter are talking. And Matthew's getting ready to talk to the queen. Walter's like, why would you steal the book, dude? Why? <laughs> <laughs> and Matthew's like, uh, well, Rudolph wasn't giving it to me. So why wouldn't I steal the book? Yeah, what else? Am I, I mean, and they come from Walter, it's kind of like, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I can see that answer or that coming from Hal, but from Walter? Yeah. Really, pal? Okay. Yeah. I wanted more Walter and Matthew moments, and this is the moment that I wanted. This is not the conversation I wanted, though. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a very non-Walter conversation. Yes. Is the problem. 
Walter's like, dude, I would have told you not to come back here. Persecution of witches. It's all the rage right now. And he's like, I'd hook you up, but I'm in trouble with the queen too. So <laughs> sorry. Yeah, basically Walter's useless. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, maybe Mary can help. Hey, <laughs> you know, <laughs> maybe hell. Somebody, you know. Matthew's like, nah, bruh. I have to do this by myself before Cecil returns. No pressure. And Walter we'll just tell her the truth. Yeah. Walter's like, how? And Matthew says, with the truth. And cue the hallelujah right here, because I was like, thank fucking God. Matthew has decided to tell the truth. Oh, my God. And it's not a hot mess plan either. It's actually a solid plan. Can I get an amen? Amen. (gasps) Amen. And not even a a half truth. The truth. The truth. Period. Love it. Okay, so back at the house, they're still tearing shit apart. They're coming up with nothing. And Cecil says, check again. Oh, Cecil's just pissed. Cecil gets ready to stomp out of there. He just happens to step on that loose floorboard where they're hiding the book. And after investigation, he finds it and declares our work here is done. Now, here's the crazy thing. He didn't even open it up to see what it might be since this book is so wanted. Sought after? Right. Yeah. You think he'd open it up and just verify, but... Well, he probably figured it definitely has to be the book because it was under the floorboard. Yeah, you would think... I don't know. My curiosity would just be like, let me just look at this thing real quick. I also had a thought. It's kind of like, if you're going to hide a book under a floorboard, why wouldn't you hide it under a floorboard under a bed where nobody is going to step on it and figure out that it's a hiding place? (laughs) Come on, people. Uh, you've done this before, I see. Yeah. <laughs> For the sake of the story, maybe they didn't want one more witness to what the book looks like. Yeah, maybe. So they didn't have him open it. Francoise, after Cecil declares our work is done, she says, I hope Master Royden's books will be returned. And Cecil's like, dude's not going to need books much longer, girl. So, <laughs> I mean, he's figuring Matthew is done for and he's kind of mm-hmm. gleeful about it. And I was like, yeah, I mean, there was some dick swinging going on there for sure. You're kind of an asshole, dude. Wow. <laughs> and he's gleeful about it. I know. I don't know. I just, Cecil, for me, he never came across that way in the books, but he's kind of another little, like, micro-penis sporting jackass like Peter. Yeah, that's true. They both have little dick syndrome. I kind of felt the same way about Cecil that I did for Peter. It's just that same, like, ugh. I I can't even, like, Gerber, I can always find a a little bit of, I kind of like you, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Peter's like, no, nothing. I got nothing for you. Peter's just... Cecil's the same. Peter and Cecil, Cecil are both slimy and manipulative, and it's like... But they sneak around and act like they're good guys. Yeah, right? that's the like, thing. Gerber just owns his shit. I think that's the difference. Absolutely. So Burley and Goons are getting ready to head out, but the run into Galaglass happens. What did you guys think about this little maneuver here? Because I didn't, I was like, I saw Jack flash at the trunk right quick, right? And uh-huh. we never saw him actually take it. Mm, I was like, he's going to take it. He's totally going to take it. It doesn't matter that we didn't see it. Pierre saw it. Pierre saw yeah. it, right? So Galaglass <laughs> is getting in Cecil's face. He's like, look, I answered a asteroid in and blah, blah, blah. And Pierre's like, nah, dude, nah, cut that out. Stop. <laughs> We're good here. <laughs> Which, know. by the way, Pierre slash Milo has a beautiful voice. He does. Yes. I wish we could hear more of yes, it. Yes, exactly. I know. Pierre. <laughs> <laughs> it just gives me an excuse to play the French music. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> 
So the goon crew, Pierre tells Galglass to stand down. After Galglass is like, oh, okay, I'll step aside. Apparently Pierre's got this handle. All right, you know. <laughs> so we're going to assume that problem's been taken care of because Pierre says so. He's like, it's good. Now we're with Matthew and the Queen. And I had so many thoughts. I didn't even write coherent sentences. I just kind of wrote bullet points. The blood to soothe Elizabeth's tooth. What did you guys think of that? I'm not spoiling anything when I say it's just as I thought it would be in the books. Mm -hmm. Agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The talk of making her immortal. How she's like, you can make me immortal. Why won't you? What, what the fuck, yo? I thought yeah. we were pals, right? And then he's, he says, you know, I've talked to you, your father about this. I've talked to you about this. This would create chaos. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, he talked to Henry about this, too. Yeah. It just got more interesting. Mm -hmm. That runs in the family. I see. <laughs> you guys wanting to live forever. <laughs> um, Matthew telling the future. The revelation that Diana is a time spinner and the fact that he was so forthright about that to the queen. Mm -hmm. There's just a look of understanding, too, that sh I shouldn't say understanding of belief in her face. Yes. And that yes. flows into my next point. The queen believing him, mm -hmm. saying that he was a future Matthew and embracing that wholeheartedly, like, no big deal. So what? I'm the queen of England. I'll believe anything. Fuck it. But <laughs> <laughs> well, she knows he's a vampire, so right. it's not that far, far a step. But on the other hand, but it also clicks in her head while he was like her shadow, but not. Well, and, and it gave her a reason to forgive him because like, oh, my my other shadow wouldn't have failed me. I get it. Yeah, I get yeah. it. And, that, and Matthew even says it. He's like, I'm a changed man. I mean, back then, you know, this is why I failed you. And the fact that she's worried about her legacy. I think in that second, too, it's like it clicks. It's like she doesn't want to be immortal for power. She wants to be immortal because she's worried about what's going to happen after she's gone. Yeah. Not from yeah. an ego standpoint, but from a responsibility standpoint. Yeah. What did she do to further England's cause? Did she do a good job? And that's it. And that's where Matthew sues her and said, Queen Elizabeth, she will be known as Queen Elizabeth I, Gloriana, and the best monarch England's ever known. And then that light beam, just the, she was illuminated and yeah, I got the chills like, and I was happy. It was like, oh, oh the angel yeah. sang. And the whole scene, it was like the way, again, it was like very experienced actors working yes. Yes. off of one another. And it was so intimate and it had these, it was, full, it was very queen and subject, but it was so full of grace. Yes, a good description. It was peaceful to me. Mm -hmm. The way she uh -huh. accepted it and heard her answers and it was just like, thank you. When my time comes, I can die at peace. Yes. yes. He gave her peace. All yeah. these years she was searching through Edward Kelly for the Philosopher's Stone. She hired John Dee to be her astrologer. And in this few moments, Matthew was all that. Yeah, he took care yeah. of it. So in the end, she thanks him. And Matthew says, you're welcome, Bess. And he calls oh, her Bess. just like made my whole heart. Yeah. It went back to almost like his, sizes. his original relationship with her when they bonded over her when she was a child. Yes. Mm -hmm. And his facial expressions. It's like one of those moments in this season, kind of like he and Philippe, when Philippe gave him the cloak pin or whatever it was. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I can't remember what it's the name of it is right now. But right. yeah, it was like it was that kind of, like I said, intimate relationship kind of moment. Yeah. 
So back home, Matthew's made it back home after his encounter with the queen. Mm-hmm. Initially, he's looking for Diana. Then he sees the state of the place and he panics and looks for the book after seeing everything. Mm-hmm. Francoise tells him Pierre and Gallglass went to go fetch Diana. And when Matthew found the floorboard empty, Jack saves the day. He stole it back from the goon squad. <laughs> <laughs> But it's not the time to cheer because Galglass and Pierre show up and they report back that Diana is gone. Oof. Okay. Wait, before that, though, just the even the little interaction between Matthew and Jack, you know, for him saying that was incredible, you know, incredibly whatever he said to him, stupid. I don't think he said stupid. Yeah. yeah. Um, thing to do. And then Joshua's acting is so good, though, because he's like startled from Matthew's praise. Matthew yelled at him. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And I'm like, that is exactly how a child acts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, shit. Oh, that was good, though. OK, well. Yes, exactly. Well, color me confused for the rest of my life. Thanks. <laughs> I know. This is just the beginning. Some money for therapy. <laughs> I know. At least he's flush with cash and can pay for this kid's therapy. Oh, God. So Kit has taken Diana into this dark place. Have we ever established where this is? It's just some dark tunnel hole. Yeah, it looks like. Like a, maybe it's the crypt under Gloucester Cathedral. It looks like some old storage area, maybe off of near the docks or off of yeah, Whitehall. Because there's a tunnel Hampton to Palace it or something. You can see yeah. light. It was just kind of like dark dink, damp. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking it may have been by the docks because in a minute they'll be talking about hustling her off onto a ship. Right. right. Yes. Which would explain why you have it all wet and the light coming in mm-hmm. and yeah. a passage in and out to the outside. It's not a basement or, or a cellar per se. Yeah. So Diana's in this place with Kit and she's looking around and calling for Matthew. And then Louisa shows up. Who bewitched my brother? Louisa. Christopher took some persuading to lure you here. Spirited. I like that. I did not bewitch Matthew. What do you want from me? We should bind her. Take her to the ship. Oh, oh, oh sweet Christopher. <laughs> there is no ship. But we agreed. She is to be exiled for Matthew to be freed of her. No, Kit. Yikes. We know what's coming here. Oh, yeah, but... It's not good. No, but I have to say, Louise's gown is gorgeous oh, oh yeah it's one of the per outfit is one of the prettiest out- yeah the, his, the headpiece is very Anne Boleyn yeah but not a, I don't think it's a French hood but anyway yeah, I would say it's but a lot taller than I expected yeah it looked like she just popped back from Venice very much so so the bottom line is Kit wanted her to be exiled <laughs> but Louise has got other ideas I mean <laughs> oh yeah he's like we got to get her on the boat because we're supposed to get her off and get her exiled. I mean, get her out of here. Get her out of here. That's what you said we would do. <laughs> Louise is like, nah, bruh. <laughs> There's no boat. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and the look on his face is kind of like, 
What? What? Wait a minute. That's not what we agreed with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God. I mean, I'm still trying to make excuses for Kit a little bit because I'm like, well, see, they just wanted to ship her, like, go back to Cambridge. Not that she's going to be, you know, yeah. in the servitude or anything. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. <Yeah. laughs> not willing to admit that. Yeah. To him, instead of him, yeah, let's tie her up and pull her eyes out. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> God. Yeah, that's an improvement. Oh, God. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> skipping over that. Meanwhile, Gal Glass and Matthew are searching for it. I mean, they're sniffing her out. They get to the, the boat dock and finally, was it Gal Glass or Matthew said, hey, if anyone's going to know what's going on in the city, it's going to be Hubbard. So that's the person you need to talk to. I think it was Gal Glass, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Back in that deep, dark, nasty place. Diana is chained up. So, yeah, exile is not happening here, Kit. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Diana relays to Louisa that she's Philippe's blood-sworn daughter. Louisa goes and verifies that and then decides that she and needs... freaks the fuck out. She needs yeah. to fetch her handgun right quick. <laughs> <laughs> well, even Diana says, she's like, I'm, I'm surprised you didn't notice, which after she said that, I'm like, yeah, I'm surprised she didn't notice too, but maybe she's so so under the influence of things that she her senses are dulled. I'm thinking so. And she thought it required a handgun at this point that's the tool and then it's like oh wait uh, you're my father's in your thrall too yeah let me get my gun it's like (laughs) i'll fix it oh yeah it's like maybe she's gonna run for a seat in colorado who knows (laughs) when keeping it real goes wrong i mean she's like we gotta keep it real but it's gone wrong right here (laughs) i mean because she's like i'm here to avenge my father because you have him under your Uh, handgun fuck it (laughs) (laughs) this is what we're doing okay uh, she hands it to Kit. Oh, dear. You know, <laughs> in that second, I'm like going, oh, God, she is smart enough to create plausible deniability for herself in that moment. She's yeah. like totally batshit crazy, but she's going to try and set up Kit to get him to carry the lion's share of the blame when they inevitably get caught. Yeah. It feels like she knows that's coming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, I'm going to put a clip here because this whole thing is crazy. Kit, your gift is your mind. Your words. Oh, the words have eluded him. Your presence has robbed him of all that he holds dear. You're not a murderer. Matthew is a fool to favor her. But when she is dead... You will be there to comfort him. We do this for Matthew, for love. It it lies not in our power to love or hate, for will in us is overruled by fate. When two are stripped, long ere the course begin. We wish that one shall lose the other win. Where both deliberate, the love is slight. Whoever loved that loved, not at first sight. What mischief is this? They're from your poem, Kit. Hero and Leander. I have never spoken his words to anyone. You want to know your future, I'll tell you everything. 
Christopher is weak. I am not. Okay, so Louisa's had enough because Kit's kind of fumbling with his gun. She knocks Kit the fuck out. (laughs) Then there's Diana, you know, tempting him with the the ideas of his future (laughs) and the heroine heroine Leander quotes. And And then, you know, Louisa's like, not you too. (laughs) It's like, oh shit, everybody. (laughs) So that just fuels her on more. Yeah, she's getting ready to shoot her. She shoots, misses. Proving she's a pretty bad shot. I mean, that was pretty much point blank. But she blank. was a really good shot when she killed the guy in the other episode. Maybe she needs to be a little more drunk. I don't know. I don't know. Well, those guns <laughs> are uh, notoriously inaccurate. Enough. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so Cora comes out because Diana remembers, hey, you have a fire drake in you. You know, Cora will come out when you meet her. And she's remembering Goody's voice. And here comes the fire drake. And Cora blocks the shot. I had to rewind it because I was like, what happened? She just caught on fire. But I was like, no, Cora took her wings and put it around Diana. So when the uh, shot hits her, yeah. it goes up it in flame. Off. It bounces off and it goes up in flames. And that was Cora. So Diana is still unhurt here. I was thinking, though, Louisa was amazingly accurate at that shot. Yeah. <laughs> Cora not been around her. <laughs> Matthew shows up with Gal Gladys and Hubbard. And what did you guys think of this where she's got them surrounded with fire and she's telling them, hey, you're both going to die and it's not going to be pretty. And it seems like she's in a trance when she's telling them that. Yeah. She She was just mad. Yeah. It was weird. To me, it was kind of weird. And it was like, well, stick a pin in it for the spoilers. Yeah. To Jean's point, Matthew was so overreactive with Kit in that little walkway, that tunnel. And then here he's like, Diana, enough. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, and, then he, and then he, he's like, fuck, Kit, I fucking warned you. It's like, whoa, wait a minute. Your batshit crazy sister's sitting right here and she's got the gun in her hand and you're yeah. yelling at Kit? <laughs> right. What I the know. Fuck? He tells Diana, enough, enough. I've got this. And then Hubbard's like, yeah, you know, they've been punished enough. They're crazy and stuff. Don't you see that? <laughs> essentially that's what he said and Hubbard convinces her that their sorry souls are punishment enough or something yeah (laughs) their sorry fate is punishment enough yeah and and so Diana's like all right and then she just waves her hand and the fire goes down and she tells Cora to go back home and Cora just sees herself back in the chest and that's that. And I don't know if you're that kind of mad for all that fire to come out of you. It'd be hard to talk somebody down from the tree, I yeah. would think, but yeah. just that easy. So, okay. Well, but then, then Matthew goes off. Yeah, that's true. He, he just kind of, he made up for that. <laughs> he made up for her. Yeah, he did. All right, now we're back with the queen, and she's sort of in her own little trance. She's just like, oh, she's all happy. I'm the best ever. Yay! Yay. I'm the goat. (laughs) He still thinks thinks I'm cool. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, she just looks like she's in a trance right here. But Cecil strides in, announcing that they got all the books, and he's all proud of himself. And the queen tells him, yeah, Matthew's forgiven. It's fine. And Cecil's like, what? It's all good. (laughs) What? (laughs) What? What? what do you mean? It was like it was like like the the two bit cartoon villain who was like like Boris Badenov yeah. gets busted again. Yeah, I'm like <laughs> curses, foiled again. <laughs> exactly. Right. 
Meanwhile, back at the house, Diana tells Galglass and Pierre to take her to Bedlam. Something's going wrong. I don't know why I need you to take me to Bedlam, but take me. Oh, uh, you don't want to go there, Diana. Yeah, yeah. Galglass tries to talk her out of it. Yeah, they tried. No matter. I mean, if she says something, it's going to happen. So Galglass right. and Pierre takes her. Yeah. And we meet up with Matthew at Bedlam, and he's allowed himself to go blood ragey. And Louise is in bad shape right here. And she's like, do it, Matthew. Just do it. <laughs> just rip my throat off. Has it been established that Louisa has blood rage in this? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because at least it's established for the viewer because Isabel told Marcus. Marcus. Yeah. So what did you guys think of this torture? I mean, it was kind of worse than I thought because he had Louisa up by her neck. Oh, yeah. And he's like shaking her back and forth. And, yeah. And it's like, and then he threw her. <laughs> like, okay. Wow. So the witch of the prophecies, when Diana's talking Matthew down from the tree, like she's done, like she's done a few times yeah, a couple by times. now, she's like, is that what you want for our baby? You know, is this what you want? It's, I think about our baby. And then Louisa chimes in, she's the witch of the prophecy, baby. Oh, my God. And Kit's just in yeah. the corner rocking himself back and forth. So not much is coming out of him. But yeah. Louisa is pretty, uh, I don't know. I don't know how to describe her. She's kind of crazy here, but not really. She seems... She's lucid and batshit at the same time. Yeah, it's like she's down for this torture. It's like she wants Matthew to finish her. Yeah, take me out of my misery. Yeah. So Diana tells him to come home, grabs his hand. He calms down slowly, I guess halfway walking home. He's like, all right, I'm back now. And they smile. And that last shot of kid as they're walking out is like he's so broken mm -hmm. i know it's just like oh it makes me sad for this version of kit yes yeah this version of kit is nothing but tragic yeah yes we're back at home and it appears he's calmed down and then they go to check mm -hmm. on jack and i feel like this is the next day matthew's explaining his battle for control and i think that leads us into i think this is the point that leads us into this the heart vein conversation right now but yes. when i first watched it it seemed so disjointed i thought why are they just sticking this in here i wasn't expecting this i think yes. we talked a little bit off mic about that yeah but now i realize what he's talking about you know, he's not of himself and he loses control and he wants to possess her like nobody ever. And, you know, and that's where I kind of make the connection. But I'm not sure anybody just turning on the TV watching that and be like, what the fuck is happening here? Do you know? Wait, he, he almost kills his sister and then he decides he wants to get bond with his wife. It's weird. Yeah. It's a weird it's a weird transition from Bedlam to that. Right? Yeah, it was a strange transition. So the heart vein in the witch's kiss. What did you guys think of the execution of that? Okay, I'll start. Go ahead. Um, the everyday, including the everyday as a battle soliloquy for him. Yeah. That was amazing. Everything about it and the way, the way he delivered it was beautiful. And Rob Lane's soundtrack that underscores this whole scene is just so lush and, and romantic and perfect. Right. But the way that it was choreographed was weird. It was very clinical. Yeah, that's what you said. For me, ra rather than, I mean, after we got all that intimacy with the queen. Yeah. It was lacking. Uh, to me, it was lacking here because, like I said, it was it was more of a negotiation. It was more clinical, like, I can do this, but you can't do that. And then they come up with the witch's kiss part of it. Right. 
Then he says, you taste like honey. He didn't say honey and hope. I he know. just said honey. Yeah. I was so mad about yeah. that. It took yeah. me out of the moment because I'm like, oh, he's going to say honey and hope. Oh, he's not. <laughs> Spoiler, <laughs> but, guys. Spoiler. Sorry. <laughs> it's sorry, fine. But it's fine. It's, yeah. I mean, I think the problem is, is it coming on the heels of the scene with the queen. It, there was an awful lot to live up to and a, a, a lot of nonverbal. Yeah. It fell uh, short. I felt acting. Yeah, it felt like it was supposed to be a more passionate exchange. Yeah. How would you guys feel if it was in another part of the show, but this exact same scene? Like, the, uh, the, the bookends were different. This, the Let's say they... I mean, maybe this is a spoiler zone talk, because where it is in the books is different. Alright, so yeah. let's table that. Okay. Okay. Angela, what did you think? It was abrupt for me. I wasn't expecting. I forgot that it even had, was going to take place because uh-huh. it, was, it was such a weird placement, but the scene itself I liked it. I thought it was good. Um, I liked the exchange. I liked, it wasn't a big explanation, right. but I don't know. I did, I did like it. And maybe that's because I have already my preconceived notions and background information from reading the books. Could be. I'd, I'd be curious to see what a TV viewer, a pure TV viewer thought of it. Right. Me too. A TV viewer, if you're listening right here and you feel like letting us know, hey, I have a form in yeah. the show notes and you can email us at demonsdiscuss at gmail.com. And well, the speak pipe and stuff, just listen past the break you'll hear all that stuff it's in there anyway awesome (laughs) to me being the computer nerd i am it felt like they're downloading and uploading documents the needed documents they need to operate further (laughs) you know it's just (laughs) as clinical as that it's like yeah i need to download these files okay your turn okay good thanks Yeah, I mean, so I guess clinical would fall into my range of... uh, I wanted it to be sexier. Yeah, maybe that. Yeah, maybe that. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe that's the difference between all of us, too, is like, I'm just a non-romantic. I'm like, that worked for me. (laughs) (laughs) So the file download was good. Done. Out of the way. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) See, and I am definitely sure bear... Just give me the edited highlights, please. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Oh, that's perfect. So in the end, you know, they've got the required documents. They have the knowledge they need of each other. And it's good. It's fine. Honey and hope. Only you. Just you. Only hope. Only honey. Only honey. (laughs) Only honey. That's right. Uh, What did you see? Just you. And that got reversed. But we'll table that for the spoiler zone. And then we end. We've only just uh-huh. begun. That is, and it's like an awesome, really dark, because uh, whenever, when they said, oh, it's going to be a Carpenter's cover, I'm like, oh, please, not Jim Croce and the Carpenters, but they found like this dark, gothic, right, <laughs> really odd, ominous cover of the Carpenters, which I really kind of love. And I was like, what song is this? And then he says, we've only just begun. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Carpenters? <laughs> That's a definitely interesting interpretation. Oh, kind of makes sense too, because not uh, yeah, they've only just begun now that they've you know, done the heart vein and whatnot, and have totally made it. They've only just begun because they're gonna they're getting on their way to go back home and kick some ass. Yeah, it's kind of like a going to war version of of the Carpenters. Oh my god! So yeah, this is a a good episode. I wouldn't say it was my favorite, but it was a decent episode. Anything else you want to cover before we head into the spoiler zone, guys? I don't. No, I don't. You're good. All right, audience that don't want things to be spoiled in the book, you haven't read them, and you don't care to hear about them. You need to go, but. 
Gina's going to give you a demon kiss and send you on your way. Demon kiss. Now get out. (laughs) Stop the episode here and we'll talk to you next week. The rest of you. The rest of you sit with us through this break and we'll enter the spoiler zone there. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. You can contact us, send us your thoughts, email us at demonsdiscuss at gmail.com, leave us a voicemail at 360-519-7836, by the way, your carrier rates apply here, or leave one for free on SpeakPipe, speakpipe.com slant demonsdiscuss. Now, if you can't remember any of that, go to go.demonsdiscuss.com slant contact, and all that information will be there. You can also become a discusser there, fill out the form, and bam, you're a discuss. And the link to join our Facebook group is there too. Visit our main site, demonsdomain.com. And if you really feel like deep diving, go to visit.demonsdomain.com slant master post. And you can read interviews, geek out with weekly geeks about all souls universe. Read about the characters. Keep that geek flag flying, guys. Do you like what we do? Help us fund what we do. Go to patreon.com slant demons discuss. Make sure you follow us on social media. We are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all at demons discuss. If you're liking what you're hearing and you want to tell the world about it, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We love them. We read them. It's wonderful. Also, it keeps Angela alive and we need her around, okay? Keep Angela We got shit to talk about in the spoiler zone. Oh, yeah. All right, so I'm going to start with the things I wrote down while we were discussing the bad dream. Let's talk about that. Oh, the bad dream. It's just, it's, you just keep opening up that can of worms and there's more worms. Mm-hmm. So in the books, the dream was her miscarriage, but it also was the night Agnes Sampson died. So when you, Jean, you, you, you had brought up that the next scene, or that, well, it's not the next scene, the, the, one of the opening scenes in the next episode is Goody saying, we're the only weavers left. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but that was also the dream where, well, since we did, Cora flew across the sky and the blood, uh, the moon turned to blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this one was the third page, the demon page with the tree of life made up of the bodies, and and then it also looked like the arbor Diane because it had like the gold shimmering leaves with the little red fruit from the dr- blood drops. Yeah. So which page does Matthew and Diana have? It's a demon witch page, right? And a vampire page. Which is the vampire? Yeah. So we determined that the the tree is the demon page, right? Okay. The tree is a demon page. The alchemical wedding is the witch page, I mm-hmm. think. It is. And the alchemical child. D- didn't they have the it, alchemical child? No, no, no. It's the intertwining snakes. Well, I thought in the books they had the alchemical marriage because then Miriam says, that's you guys. And then that's what came from. Okay. That's what came from the house, right? Right. And that was right, from okay. Abraham. Yeah. Right. The, the, uh, because she saw the alchemical child. The alchemical child was still in the book. Still in the book. That was the next page after the three that were gone. Because she made the comment that it was unusual because it was upside down and yeah. whatever. So it was the, they had the wedding because in the book, Sarah made the comment about all the animals. Right. So Abraham was the one who passed that to them. The next yes. one was Timothy. He passed them the tree. And it was Hubbard, so the vampire page was the two intertwined creatures. That looked like the... Uh, Ouroboros. Or- Ouroboros from Mary and also what looked 
like something from the Ripley scroll that was also on Mary's wall yeah. in her lab- laboratory. Right. Okay. So we've established the three. I'm wondering if the TV show is going to stick to that or will they take their own license? Do you know? I think they'll stick to it only because um, when we see the book all together in episode seven and we get the hologram of the tree of life and then we see the the three-dimensional alchemical marriage yeah and and the intertwined i I do believe we as part of that whole animation we got the intertwined snakes as well because we got the three the three three pages that are being torn out yeah kind of spring from the book Mm -hmm. which wasn't beautifully executed i think so effect so i'll forgive them for cora being a phoenix (laughs) (laughs) i was like Y'all couldn't come up with a dragon, really? <laughs> I mean, God. Man, all I could think of was like some bad 80s hair band. Really? It was like, yeah, it was just like from some album cover from like Poison <laughs> or something. Not not even like not even like Guns N' Roses or, or Motley Crue, like right. one of the second rate ones. Yeah, that would be on a bad 80s hair band yeah. cover. Yeah, it yeah. would. <laughs> it, was a second, it was a second or third tier hair band for sure. Sure. Yeah. A, a pyrotechnics display at a concert. <laughs> <laughs> Which would be cool as fuck, by the way. <laughs> yeah. All right. So what did you guys think of like Jack was pretty ineffectual in Prague because we know in the books he's the one that saved the day with the keys. Here's his comeback act. He saves the book. <laughs> his comeback to her. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Jack, what are you good for if you can't save the keys? But I'm like, okay, but he stole the book, so it's good. And we got the same it's all good. We got the same speech out of Matthew. So I like that they're keeping elements from the book and they're placing them in places where it's appropriate. And they're keeping like chunks of dialogue intact too. Yes. I like that. And uh, the you, only you switched. I remember in the books that was Matthew saying that to Diana. What did you see? You, only you. Because if you remember, Diana saw Benjamin, her folks, he's your right. son, right? And, yeah. and then she was like, what did you see? And Matthew said, you, only you. So I thought it was interesting that they switched the two because... They're, they're definitely keeping some cards close to the vest. Yeah. You know, you know Benjamin and even Jack. I mean, yeah. everyone's like... Uh, the, a lot of people are up in arms that they created this relationship with Jack and that they brought him into their house only to be leaving them. But they don't realize that he's going to play an important, unexpected part in season three. Mm -hmm. Season three, absolutely. And I totally think that was him stealing the portraits. Totally. Uh You know, I don't think it's too much of a... For those of us who have read the books, we know what's going to happen. So... The portrait killer, or not the portrait killer. Portrait thief. The portrait thief is the killer, the Oxford uh, vampire killer, you know, the, whoever. I guess he's based yes. in Oxford now. So I totally think that's Jack. And, and you know. Mm-hmm. I do, too, because they made a point of giving the miniatures to him in 1590. So for him to, like, see them in present time, that would have to, mm-hmm. I mean, killer, monster, you know, blood rage, vampire or not. Those are sentimental to him. Yes, they mean a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's why he was off to get them. This brings up, uh, this is a really great point to bring up a question that was posted on one of our Facebook pages by a viewer and a follower who wanted to know what we thought about Drac the Ripper versus the real Jack the Ripper. Oh, yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes. Let's answer that now. Yeah. So they label it Drac the Ripper and... 
Yes, I understand Jack the Ripper was a big thing, but you have to, like British newspapers, they do shit like that all the time. That was like a sensational headline, so it didn't hit me twice. Yeah, somebody was trying to be cheeky and, and witty. and Yeah, that's what, I mean, I didn't think past that, so I didn't think it was, you know. No, and and to go further on that, I, on where I think they, they want to go. Yeah. Our Jack is not Jack the Ripper. Yeah, period. Right. He, he's just, period, dot is not, Deb is People have proposed that as a yeah as a thought, and it's no, no, he's not. He's that's, Jack the Ripper is just some crazy fucking psycho psycho human. Yes, <laughs> probably Walter Sickert, but yeah, uh, Jack the Ripper. I just think that's a convenient headline, so it associates. It's a fam- fucking hashtag. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah. clever way to tie the two together. You got Dracula, who's the human example of all vampires. To, he's like the ultimate vampire, Dracula. That when you think of a and, vampire, and Jack Dracula, the Ripper is the is the ultimate killer. Origin. He's the origin serial killer. Yeah. Yeah. So you tie the two together, you have a sensational headline, and for me, and you sell lots of tabloids. Yeah. For me, for the British press, that's standard. Yeah. Yeah. So I hope that answers your question. Oh my God! I, I remember we got an email about this, and we also there was also a thing in the Facebook page, and I didn't want to answer right away because I didn't want to spoil anything. But if you're listening, person who I yes. can't remember your name, but you did send an email and I will acknowledge it later. That's my opinion. Of course, you could be totally right. And maybe the writer saw something different. But until mm-hmm. I get that information, I just think it was a convenient, sensational headline to throw on the table. Mm-hmm. And from the book perspective, it's not. Yeah, they're not connected. So right. whether the writer's room next season decides to do something else, yeah, we'll see. that's true. Okay. Um, what else do I have written down? The heart vein thing. I want to talk about this because in the book, uh, it was in the Book of Life. No, it was in Shadow of Night. They had just got into a huge fight about... It was following the miscarriage, wasn't it? No, they were in Prague when this happened. Oh, okay. Rudolph, something to do with Rudolph. And Matthew had just gotten pissed off. And, oh, well, well yes. yeah. yeah. Gaelic Glass took the kids out of the house. He's and... like, sort yourselves out. Right. I, I gotta go. So uh, I don't think this is the Cora incident. The Cora incident wound up with them. Against, no, she was the witch one this time, I think. Yeah, against the wall. Um, so this time it was it was the second big fight they got into in Prague. Oh, they got into the big fight because people were leaving her gifts and requests for spells, and they were hi- he and Pierre were hiding them all. Yeah, and, so, and he couldn't he couldn't stand all the scents on her. That was in yeah. London. The gifts. That was in London. This was in Prague. This is when they exchanged. Oh, right. Okay, I understand. I remember. Okay. Right. This happened the night before Matthew had given her that necklace. It's like you're receiving because it was after they brought Lobero. This is the huge fight. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. The dog, they took the dog with them, too. Yeah. Lobero showed up and that's it. Matthew had had enough. He was done. He couldn't stand all the sense on her. He didn't even he couldn't even get a sense of her anymore. And he's like, I smell gal glass on you. I smell everybody on you. And it's driving me crazy. And I can deal with that. But I can't handle Rudolph sending you all these gifts. And he's writing letters letters to her. I mean, he was very subtle in the TV show. But in the book, Rudolph was nasty. I mean, just wrote yeah. nasty, wrote letters to get to 
he's like, oh, yeah, he's a wolf hunter. And of course, wolf is Matthew. And, yeah. you know, and that was what led to the big fight. So after they had all calmed down and Matthew was explaining himself, it made sense in that sequence. Right. It did not. It Initially, when I first watched this, it did not make it's like, OK, he's calmed down. They check on Jack. They go to sleep. They wake up. Next thing we know, it's daytime. And she just lays down and says, yeah, go ahead. Go for it. Right. Right? So that's why this scene was a little bit disjointed for me. And that's all that was. But the second time I watched it, I'm like, okay, he's giving the same speech he gave before, but it didn't flow the same. It was more mechanical, less passionate, less yeah. because it's like it felt like it lasted forever. It was like something they had to do. There was something they had to check off their list before they yeah. went back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like this thing happened. Well, we have to do it. We got so and far into the season. I forgot it even happened. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't even like in context with an emotional breakthrough. I mean, it, honestly, something like that would have made more sense. Well, problem is we we ended up excising all those other times, you know, all those stopovers in England. Yeah, which is sure. where it made the sense. I mean, he couldn't have done it while they were at Subtours because wrapped up with the wedding and they went on their merry way. Yeah. So there really wasn't an emotional. It could have happened in Prague. I mean, I think the closest thing they had, they had an emotional breakthrough in Prague right. when they had the big fight with the flaming door, which might have been a decent spot, spot that would have made more sense to do that than where they stuck it. Right. And there were so many more events that they decided to cut out, like Diana miscarried, right? Yeah. And that's when all the gifts started showing up at her house in London. And they still have this hanging over her head. And he would not touch her in a sexual way until they got to Prague. And then they had that wall session. See, I remember this shit. (laughs) 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 They had that, you know, they got into sex. They had, they got into a fight and they had some wall sex. And Matthew was like getting ready to run out of there. And she shot Cora out of herself. It's like, nah, you're not going anywhere. We're going to fucking deal with this shit, you know? Which is like they traded in uh, the fiery door frame. Yes, for that because Mm -hmm. Cora hadn't been revealed yet. So they had quite a bit of rearranging to do here. Mm -hmm. So you take out some events and that's what happened. And that's, I see it for what it is now, but I have to say, first time I saw that, I was like, what the fuck? Okay. Well, and that's the thing. It's like at some point, yeah, okay, you've got the, the, they've got a great plot and the plot's flowing along and all that is wonderful but i think this this instance right here really points out one of the shortcomings in all the editing they they had to do is that they did not have an emotional beat to hang that onto yeah right in in the right place i mean did it ruin the flow for us as far as the development overall this season no up until now, no. No. But now it's like then you've got this whole really important thing about the heart vein and it's just sort of plopped. Yeah. Yeah. It diminishes the scene. Without the context to surround it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say that it was better sorted out in the books. For me, it was a record scratch in the, the show. But then I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm here. I'll watch it. You still, <laughs> you know? you still got it. But no, I mean, yeah. that's what I'm saying. We still got it and everything. Yeah. But it, it part of the reason it falls flat is it's just not in the right spot and it doesn't mm-hmm. have the proper context. And then yeah. you've got this amazing scene between Barbara Merton and... Yes. Good. Yeah. Just before it, which makes matters even worse. Yeah. Because it's like, we know you're capable of it. 
<laughs> because yeah. that scene with Barbara Merton did not happen in the books like that. It's like um, what they did was they returned from Prague. The the queen's pissed off. And she makes a show in front of the court and then she dismisses the court. And she's like, all right, Matthew, what the fuck happened? You know, right, yeah. and, and they got a laugh and they had a laugh over it. And they were old friends and they were old they, friends. And they're like, OK, how are we going to make this look good in front of the court? It's like, hey, how about if we present you with this necklace? It'll be fine. And it's like, oh, OK. And they smooth it over. There was a lot more places in the books and it flowed better in the books. But when you have a truncated show, mm-hmm. you have to and find a place. You need to fit in. Yeah. yeah. And it's not something that I don't think it's something they can leave out because it's going to be a tool that mm-hmm. mode of communication they're going to need in the future. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. It was not something you could leave out, but. I think the problem was is they didn't plan for a place to put it in. Yeah. Yeah. This is just a would you rather type of question. So we got what we got. Of course, we want it all. But yeah. would you rather have had a better heart vein scene and not the surprise queen scene? Or would you want to keep it just as it is? If you had to choose, if you had to absolutely only pick one to be executed perfectly. I want the queen scene. I don't know why. Because Me too. It, it, I know. I do too. I, I, I did. Yeah. The queen scene was she's at peace. Go on. There's none of that carrying over. She's like, it's fine. It's good. With a smile on her face, it's fine. It's good. (laughs) And we especially needed that with all of the machinations with with Cecil going on all season, too. Yeah, because all of a sudden, all his machinations are worthless. They're worthless. It doesn't mean anything. He really is her shadow. And I think, too, for me, when I moved by something... I wasn't even moved by the heart vein scene in the book. I thought it was good. I thought it was intimate. I enjoyed it, uh-huh. but I wasn't moved by it. I was moved by the queen scene. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's good. Good. Anything else you guys picked oh, up? Let me see. Let me look at my notes one more time. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I took a lot of notes for this one. I really did. Mm-hmm. I, just... I did like the, the whole the whole thing at the beginning when, because Matthew laid down some truth there when he was, which he didn't do in the books very often was when he's like, dude, you've, you're being there will make things worse. Yeah. Yes. Because he danced, he danced around a lot of that with, with uh, Diana in the books. And I, I kind of like that he like just basically put his foot down know, and he wasn't petulant about it. Like, no, he's just like, it's not happening because you will make things worse. He, he explains himself. He said, this is mm-hmm. why. And no, it's just you need to go learn your magic. Stop getting involved in my intrigue and I'll yeah. keep my ass out of your intrigue. We have jobs to do. Let's do Let's them. get them done. Right. Yeah. And, and he was the one that was like, we need to go home. Yeah. yeah. Which, which I also liked very much. Which I appreciated because that was in the books, too. Although it happened on her first pregnancy. As soon as she yeah. found out she was pregnant, Matthew's like, we got to go. But he freaked the fuck out a lot more. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, well, and probably the biggest thing to talk about in the spoiler zone is how they changed around the whole deal with Kit, Louisa and Diana. Oh, yes. 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 Okay, so can I talk about Come Up Kit? (laughs) (laughs) About what? Come Up Kit. I mean, he's like, we talked about revamping the uh, order. The Knights Kit has been revamped for this series, and I like it. Rebranded. (laughs) Rebranded. Rebranded, yes. Because in the book, Kit was bitchy, bitter, 
awful. Bitchy, bitter queen. Yeah, absolutely. Like the stereotype. He was kind of that gay villain trope that makes me cringe. Right. And we have empathy for him because we have the ability to step ourselves in his shoes, see what he's seeing, and understand why he's acting that way. That's why we always, you know, empathy is what gets us through. Empathy is what got us through Baldwin. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Last episode. You know? Empathy is going to get us through here. I did not need a lot of empathy for Kit here because he didn't require it. He didn't require me to step in his shoes. I saw it. I saw it all. It was fine. Yeah. You know, and the and what they've done over the past few episodes. I mean, I, I've always said when before we had the show, it's like you look at the books. It's like he's Matthew's gone for months. You don't know by the time you see Kit yeah. again in the tilt yard scene. It's like you don't know what the fuck he's been doing for right. the past four months. Yeah, and he's hooked up with Louisa. How long has that been going on? And they're the high. Show, yeah, they're all <laughs> high. And high. And shit. The, <laughs> the show answers that question for you. Yeah, you've right. got Louisa and her batshit crazy whispering in his ear, feeding his melancholy. Yeah, constantly it feeding his melancholy and feeding on him in the books. Yeah, feeding on him and sleeping with him and god knows what i mean else. she's fed him and broken him yeah yeah she is the I bad mean, idea karen for sure <laughs> yeah, the evil bad bad idea bear yeah so i appreciated the come up but it was a bit of a i have to say it was a bit of a departure from the books i don't know if they didn't want to wreck christopher marlowe's uh name <laughs> they didn't mind they didn't mind doing that to burley though although no, he was very ruthless no. anyway so <laughs> i guess there's wasn't yeah, much but, to ruin but Bur- burley was ruthless in a way you could respect his ruthlessness. Yeah. Tear in the show, he was just kind of like, God, dude, no. Asshole. That's what I kept thinking. Asshole. Didn't respect anything he did because all he was doing was slinking around trying to manipulate things to his own benefit. Yeah. But how many people are like that today? True. Yeah. In his position is what I'm saying is true. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. Maybe true to life. So, Kit got a little bit of a come up and I like that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and I wonder how how much of that was the writer's room and how much of that was Tom Hughes. Yeah, it's true. Mm. Just from the few things that Deb has said in her Facebook lives and the interviews I've read with him, he really hopped into this role yes. and immersed himself. And Deb kind of described her conversations with him as a masterclass. Yeah. So you always wonder if the vision changes a little bit or gets tweaked after an actor's been cast. It would have to, yeah. I would think. If the actor's doing it correctly, the actor's embodying the character to their soul. So, and bringing something to the character, bringing something mm-hmm. to the characters. Yeah. Th- yeah. I-, I appreciate it. I like book hit in a way where it's like, yeah, I need that foe. I need somebody to snarl at I've in the book. <laughs> unapologetically like hit from the beginning yeah. of my first read. And I've always said I that. I like this bitchy, I like this bitchy <laughs> snark. I don't know. I, I just thought it was, I liked him, but I, this is a different kit. This is a TV kit now. That's what I'm saying. Like, like even when people say the episode, the first episodes he shows up, well, book kit. And I'm like, no, that this is TV kit. This is who he is. This is who you know watching the series. Right. Forget book kit because book kit doesn't exist in the in TV this, show. In this realm. No, no, mm-hmm. no. It's, there are two d- totally different realms. And book kit is that snarky friend that y'all lo- that you love to hang around with as long as you're not the target of a snark. Like all those TV shows where they show like several timelines or several existences and like they have this one character living in each existence and slight changes mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. their timelines will alter everything. Yes. And I feel yeah. like these are two parallel timelines we're looking at. And something in the TV kit might have happened where he's just like, eh, more pragmatic, less jealous and bitter. And book kit might have gone through some shit. I don't know. Right. Yeah, it's <laughs> well, true. You know, I, I almost wonder if part of the problem with book kit is that Deb hadn't started writing Serpent's Mirror yet. Yeah, maybe. Well, you also said, Jean, you liked Snarky Kit as hang around with him, be the friend of him as long as you're not the target. And I think that was book Matthew. He was very indulgent of Kit until all of a sudden he became the target. And then it's yeah. like, yeah, nah, bro, it's done. <laughs> right. <laughs> We're done here. And the difference between book Kit and TV Kit is he wasn't the target of his bit. The problem was is Matthew didn't like what he was telling him the truth he needed to hear and yes. he didn't want to hear yeah. him. Right. Yeah. Blatantly ignored him. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they, he was like full on hot mess with, with the stuff that Kit was telling him and Kit was like totally within his rights to tell him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And was actually trying to help. As Walter was, as book Walter was. Yeah. yeah. So in the final scene with Kit, Louisa and Diana, he was true to TV Kit. He was like, I thought we were just going to put her in a boat and exile her. I yeah. didn't. Killing was not part of the plan, Louisa. Yeah. And Louisa was just like, nah, I'm going to do what I want. Yeah. <laughs> this bitch needs to go. And that's it. You know, because the fact that he sat down and talked with her and painted this picture in her head, she's going to paint the worst possible thing and come up with the worst possible solution. She thought that's exactly she what is. she wanted to think and, and took it where she wanted it to go. Because in the episode where she they first meet up, she says, is Matthew bewitched? And Kit says, yes, by love, not yeah. sorcery. Not sorcery. Mm-hmm. And book Kit is like, he's bewitched. She's, he's been bewitched. <laughs> I got to take her eye. I've researched this. I've talked to people. You right. got to take her eye out and do this and do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They already so, had the dummies set up in the tilt yard taking yeah, practice. Yeah. And- yeah. I mean, so that's the divergence of the two characters, although they're the same character, the two characters in each realm. Characterization. So. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Characterization. There you go. So. <sighs> Yes. He's so good. This was this was a lot. This episode was a lot. <laughs> a lot for me to take in, a lot for me to sort through in my head. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it's not my favorite episode, but it's it's a good one, I think. It's yeah, I I really enjoyed it and I think part, a lot of it had to do with Elena Cassidy. Oh, yes. Again, I'm Again, so appre- it, it was- yeah, just just that I'm so appreciative. Like Elaine Cassidy, it seems like she read the book. She gets Louisa. Yeah. Oh, she got her. <laughs> she was so on point with Elise. And with, with she had to have talked to Louisa. Deb too. Yeah. To see what oh, made yeah. Louisa tick and how she would have acted and what makes her tick? Mm-hmm. Shit, the air yeah, blowing the- makes her tick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, just just how they introduced her to us in episode five with her. <laughs> With Kit thinking she's a whore. Yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> I've been called a whore twice. Bang. <laughs> it's hilarious because that's the episode I just edited this last week. <laughs> and I'm going through and I'm like, oh my God, this is a good episode. It's <laughs> a great episode. Yeah, good one. All right, guys. Uh, I can't think of anything else. You got anything no, else? No, that's it. All right. I'd like to remind our audience, if you have things to say, definitely fill out the form in the show notes or in the episode notes. It'll be a link in the episode notes. I have lovingly named it Season 2 Shoutout. So when you see that, click it, fill out the form. Or if you can't find it, I don't know. I've made it obvious everywhere. But if you're one of the few that can't find 
find it, then go ahead and email us at demonsdiscuss at gmail.com. Put the episode number you were referring to, and then go ahead and spew out your thoughts. Go to SpeakPipe if you want to actually just talk to us, speakpipe.com slant demons discuss. And also we have our phone number, which I have to look and find again. Hang on. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pathetic that way. Oh, and the one thing we may want to remind everybody about is we're listening to episode nine today. By the time you hear this, uh, we will probably be starting to put together the emails for these upcoming shout out episodes. So if you finally decided you're going to write one, you better do it kind of quick. Do it quickly. Do it quickly. Absolutely. Still looking for a phone number. Here it is, you guys. Here it is. I got it. Woohoo! It is 360-519-7836 and that will get you our voicemail. Be patient when you hear the phone ringing. Something will pick up and you'll hear a recording of my voice. You'll have three minutes after talking <laughs> Hello? about that. Hello? Hello? <laughs> it'll be Isabel. Yeah, it'll be Isabel. Hello? <laughs> You can tell we've recorded two episodes in a row here. (laughs) I know. We're punch drunk. We did a double header today. Um, (laughs) You'll have three minutes. Your carrier rates will apply here. So those of you in the U.S. probably won't matter so much. Those of you overseas, I suggest you do and speak pipe because that'll be absolutely free to you. So there it is. I have nothing else. I've run out of things to talk about. Yes. Me too. Yes. All right, let's say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Demon kiss. We'll talk to you next week for our final episode. Yes, episode ten. Bye, guys. Bye. Demons Discuss and Demons Domain are independent and not affiliated with Bad Wolf, Sky One, Sundance Now, and Shudder. Clips of the TV show and soundtrack are used for the purpose of commentary only. The soundtrack is an original score by Rob Lane and the Chamber Orchestra of London. The soundtrack is available for purchase on iTunes. 